love is a the late accordion maestro Regis Gisavo from Madagascar in a recording made in Paris, France in the late 1990s. In 2017, Afropop Worldwide went to Paris to check out brand new sounds from African and Caribbean musicians who have made this multicultural city their home. Paris is a city we've actually visited often throughout the 30 years this program has been on public radio. And today, as we kick off our 30th anniversary celebration year, we look back to some highlights from our visits to Afro Paris. I'm Shijia Winka with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. In this edition, time travel through Afro Paris with Georges Colonnais. We start all the way back in 1989 when Paris's African music scene was first blooming into the global spotlight. This is the opening of our second broadcast, all the way back in 1988. Today, there are over 700 Afropop worldwide programs, many of which you can hear on afropop.org and on SoundCloud. In the beginning, the program was simply called Afropop, but as you'll hear, we're already branching out to what we call these days our African planet. Yes, Club Farafina, one of my favorite night spots in Paris. Yes, Paris, France. Hello, Georges Collinet with you on Afropop. I know you might expect a program called Afropop to take you only to Africa, but it's impossible to know contemporary African music without a visit to Paris, what I like to call Afro-Paris. When you walk into Club Farafina near the River Seine, Chances are that a thick-set man named Sheik, the club's gregarious owner from Mali, will greet you. He'll seat you in a vaulted stone restaurant near the band, if you ask. And what a lively Pan-African band it is. Musicians from Mali, Senegal, Cameroon, Zaire and elsewhere drop in to play a few songs. Remember, Paris is the crossroads of the French-speaking African world. I used to live there in the 70s when the African music scene was just taking off. These days, many African pop stars make Paris their home. That's because the recording studios, the record companies, the media, and an audience are there. The many African musicians who frequent Paris hope to make a hit that will storm the international scene. Today on Afropop, we kick things off with some of the sounds that hot up the African dance clubs in Paris, like Soukous music from Zaire, Zouk from the French Antilles in the Caribbean, and Makossa from my country, Cameroon, in West Africa. Here is Makossa singer Guilobe with his hit, Mon Ami à moi. <laughs> Now 
from Cameroon on lead vocals with some of the regulars from the Cameroon gang based in Paris. People like Sissi Dipoko and Marilou doing those backing female vocals. Lovely. A trademark of Makosa music. Georges Collinet with you on Afropop on our visit to Afro Paris. Sobregas. 
<laughs> no African dance crowd in Paris would be happy without Soukous music from Zaire. That's because most of us grew up listening to and loving Zairean music. One of Paris's premier groups from Zaire is Les Quatre Etoiles, or the Four Stars. Each of the four literally is a star in his own right. They teamed up in Paris in 1983 and quickly established themselves with their showmanship and their irresistible melodies. Here are the four stars in an impromptu recording session singing Zuzu. Yeah, you'd think some angels had landed on earth. That's Niboma and Wutamai singing and Siran on guitar. This next song, Omba, comes from one of their recent albums. That was Omba by Congolese Sukus Kings, The Four Stars, circa 1988. Shiji Awinka with you as we look back on 30 years of African music in Paris on Afropop Worldwide's Time Travel Through Afro Paris. Now, beyond highlighting little-known recordings and great live concerts, we at Afropop have always tried to take listeners into the creative spaces where artists actually work. For instance, we made a number of visits to the studio of Congolese innovator Ray Lema, one of the most unique African artists on the Paris scene of the late 1980s. His home studio in suburban Paris is filled with the latest in computer MIDI and synthesizer equipment. When he was 11, Lema joined a seminary for six years, where he played mostly sacred music on the organ. 
Later on, he switched to rock, and eventually Lema became the music director of the Ballet National of Zaire, a job that gave him carte blanche to travel extensively around the country and listen to many of the traditional musics in Zaire. There are over 200. That exposure, he says, gave him profound insights into Zairean music. Ray Lema remembers the time when he invited home an old balafon player, that's a kind of wooden xylophone. Lema wanted to see what this old guy would do with his Fender Rhodes electric piano. One day, I had that old guy, that uh, balafon player. He came to my place and I had a Fender Rhodes eh, in my place. I turned it on, just without saying anything, I just put it on, put my tape recorder on, and I started chatting with uh, the, the, the guy's soldier about anything. And suddenly that guy, I saw that he was very curious about that instrument. And I was expecting him to touch it and to see exactly how he would approach that. And finally he, he touched the fender rod. And he was playing like this. My understanding, suddenly that hit me, that I've never heard chords. Ah, our people don't like chords. And then, after taking information and trying and checking, I really realized that each time you pluck a chord, for them they call it, you eat the space. They want, you have to take the chord apart so that each note is having a, a function in the rhythm section. Ah, because uh, African music is essentially a social music. Ah, you get really fun only when you're playing with other people because then you're talking, yeah, you're talking together because you leave space the other one can fill the space. Oh 
Congolese maestro Ray Lemma with Iolele from his landmark album Medicine. In the late 1980s, Sukus music was the toast of Africa. But Ray Lemma wasn't raising his glass. He resisted the popular trends of Congolese or at the time, Zairean music. Ray remained focused on reinventing traditional sounds and also addressing politics, something few artists were willing to do during the regime of Mobutu Sese Seko. At Studio Plus in Paris, Relema from Zaire is rehearsing new material with his band. When we visited him, Re passed on news from back home in Zaire. He says urban traditional music is getting more popular in Kinshasa. It's played in bars and on the street. Relema also says there are stirrings of political protest against the regime and its leader, Mobutu Sese Seko. This song, Atandele, means someday. He says it was inspired by his frustration with the image of the happy-go-lucky, well-dressed Zairean entertainer, an image that makes it hard for foreigners to take the problems of Zaireans seriously. Yeah, we're having a lot of problems in Zaire. Uh, I think everybody knows about Mobutu. Leader. He's been there now for 25 years or more, even. But suddenly the country is getting so poor and it's, it's a scandal. 
And today when I read in some papers that we're among the 10 poorest countries in the world, it's just so unbelievable. It's impossible.
We just heard from musical innovator Relema. Another Paris-based group which has transformed traditional music from Africa into a new modern sound is Toure Kunda, originally from Senegal. These three brothers and their band have had amazing success in the French music market, selling over 100,000 records in recent releases. And Toure Kunda puts on a great show, tightly arranged songs moving easily between pop, African reggae and powerful percussion and vocal pieces. The brothers Touré say much of their music comes from the rhythms of a youth initiation ceremony called Jambadong, meaning Dance of Leaves, from the multi-tribal Casamance region of Senegal. The whole village celebrates for days. At the Touré Kunda office in Paris, the brothers Ismaila, Usman and Sero enthusiastically jump into a Jambadong song. Toure Kunda with sound of Casamance, Senegal, filtered through Paris, France, circa 1990. Coming up, Paris Rai in the 1990s, a recording session with Diblo Dibala, Wasulu music from Mali, and much more on a time travel visit to Afro Paris. Visit afropop.org for more on our 30th anniversary celebration, including our grand gala in New York City on May 3rd, featuring Aurelio Martinez and Makumba. Believe me, you want to be there. I'm Shijia Winka, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Last time our team was in Paris, we got a mysterious invitation to come to a private club at midnight, where to our delight, Sheb Khaled swept in accompanied by two lovely women. He immediately ordered fine champagne for everyone. We had never before had a chance to talk with this elusive character, but this time we even got him to sing for us. Sheb Khaled is demonstrating the vocal ornamentation known as mawel in Arabic. He says it's a way to improvise. It's a cry that comes from deep inside. It's a feeling. I'm 
beautiful voice, Khaled, the greatest of all singers of Algerian Rai music. You see, during the 1980s, Rai singers were drawn to France to escape the restrictions and stigma they faced back home. At that late night champagne party, we didn't get much of a chance to actually speak with the King of Rai. But when we returned in 1991, it was a different story altogether. C'est comme l'histoire du rock, ils veulent pas, ils veulent pas qu'on fait, on fait des, des, des concerts, ils viennent, ils cassent tout quoi. Chef Khaled is saying that in Algeria, it's just like when rock and roll first came out. The fundamentalists don't want us to give concerts. They come and break up everything. They're crazy. They're fanatics. They say Rai is street music, music of debauchery. But it's not. I don't sing porno, I sing direct. I sing about love, the society, the things I'm thinking about, but nothing X-rated. This is Sheb Khaled live under a big tent in the city of Amiens, about 100 kilometers northwest of Paris.
Recorded live under the big top at Amiens, France. Sheb Khaled from Algeria. And what a show that was. You notice that George calls Khaled Sheb Khaled. See, in the early days of Rai, all the singers were Shebs and Shebas. Literally, young men and women. But as Khaled matured into a major international artist later in the 1990s, he dropped the Sheb and became just Khaled. But that's a story for another day. Let's stick with the early 90s, a phenomenally creative era in Afro-Pari, and a time when another African country was emerging into the international limelight, Mali. One of the biggest selling African records in Paris these days is Salif Keita's latest, called Amen. Salif is the legendary singer from Mali who won international recognition with this stunning album, Soro. For his latest album, Amen, Salif's band tried something different. They recorded the basic tracks in Paris and then shipped the tape to Los Angeles for ornamentation by sax player Wayne Shorter, guitarist Carlos Santana, and keyboardist Joe Zawino. Joe also produced the project. The result? It's fresh. As Salif points out, things can get stale when you work with the same session musicians all the time. Salif Keita is saying, if you work with the same people all the time, you don't change. You don't have different colors in your music. It's more interesting to change partners on projects. Nibi Mirila 
That's Salif Keita from Mali, along with his band and some new American collaborators, Joe Zawinu, Wayne Shorter, and Carlos Santana. I'm Georges Collinet. You're listening to Afropop Worldwide. Ibrahim Asila is a well-known producer from Mali. He's based in Paris, but travels to West Africa a lot to scout for new talent. Usually, he records them in Abidjan, the capital of Ivory Coast. These recordings have a different feel from his Paris sessions, a more laid-back sound. The Afropop Worldwide team visited him in his high-rise apartment in Paris to hear his latest recordings. It's a comfortable place with the big sound system and African sculptures all around but the phone was constantly ringing. At one point, Sila got into a screaming argument with someone. I made you, he yelled. You were nothing before me. Between calls, he had some interesting observations about the market for African music. The market is carrément different from the European market. In Africa, they like more roots. Sila is saying there are two markets, the African market and the European. African people prefer rootsier material. Europeans like roots, of course, but also modern. When it's too modern, people in Africa don't follow it. They find it unnatural, too sophisticated. It's not what they expect of African music. This next song covers both markets. It was originally recorded for the cassette market in Africa and then released as a CD in France. It's by Jenaba Diakite from Sila's Mali Stars series. Thank you. 
Jenaba Jakite from Mali. Wow, that's interesting to hear producer Ibrahim Asila saying in 1991 that the African market didn't want to hear their music getting too modern. How things have changed in the age of Afrobeats. These days, young listeners in Africa are far more keen to embrace international trends. But coming back to Afro Paris. Let me tell you a story. It happened when I was living in Paris about 12 years ago. A fellow Cameroonian, a musician, was having problems collecting royalties due to him from his record company. So I told him, well, since this man thinks that uh, you're a bushman, you might as well look the part. So he put on his loincloth made out of leopard skin and his uh, leopard necklace and uh, took his machete and went up to the boss's office, forced his way past the secretaries and barged into <laughs> the directors, banged his machete on the desk of the poor man and got his money. <laughs> Yo! Soul Makosa! Yeah, that's by my Cameroon buddy, Manu Dibongo. Soul Makosa was recorded in Paris and became a big hit in the early 70s. And Manu remains a mainstay of the Afropop Paris scene able to call together African stars to record major projects such as Tam Tam pour l'Ethiopie and Wakafrika, a collection of Afropop classics. Manu sent us his brand new album, Mboasu. One for Fela Kuti, Shrine's Memory.
Mano Dibango, George's countryman, saluting my own great countryman, Nigerian Afrobeat founder Fela Kuti. We have time for just one more choice encounter from Afropop's rovings through Afro Paris. And this one comes from 1991. It goes back to what was then the hottest sound in African music, Sukus, from the country then known as Zaire. That's Zairean guitarist Diblo Dibala overdubbing a guitar part at Studio Madeleine in Paris, where many African and Afro-Caribbean musicians live and work. Actually, to tell you the truth, things have been pretty quiet in Paris for African music recently. They say the war in the Gulf put the chill on a lot of recording sessions, because producers and music buyers didn't know what was going to happen. And there's also a lot of turmoil in Africa itself these days. Labor strikes, big demonstrations and political movements pushing for more open, multi-party systems. My own country, Cameroon, is politically all torn up right now. This unrest slows down the music industry as everyone waits to see what will happen. Obviously, not everyone is sitting tight. Ace guitarist Diblo Dibala from Zaire has formed a new band called Machacha. You may remember him from the Sukus band Loketo, which he co-led. Well, Diblo's new band has a debut album called Boom Tonnerre. Get it? Thunder! Tonnerre! Boom! Yeah. 
from Zaire, Diblo Dibala on guitar with his band Machacha playing Sukus music. Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide's return visit to Afro Paris. And Shijia Winka guest hosted for Georges as we turn back the clock as part of Afropop Worldwide's ongoing 30th anniversary celebration. I have to say there's a lot in the Afro Paris archive we didn't get to today. Antillian Zouk, Nawa Fusion, Cameroonian Bikutsi, and so much more. But don't worry, Georges will be back as the Afropop train rolls ahead towards another 30 years of fantastic music and stories from Africa and the African diaspora. Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art, and PRI, Public Radio International, affiliate stations around the US. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Additional support for Afropop Worldwide comes from post-Mambo Cuban Music Seminars with Ned Sublet. 100% legal travel to Cuba. Postmambo, that's P-O-S-T-M-A-M-B-O at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast, including radio programs and our Afropop Close-Up podcast series. And don't forget to join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. This program was mixed at Studio 44 in Brooklyn by Michael Jones. Additional engineering by Greg Hartman. Banning Air and C.C. Smith edit our website, afropop.org. Our director of new media is Ben Richman, and I'm Georges Collinet. PRI, Public Radio International.